0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is your Places call. All right, everybody, back to one. Standby, lights one and sound one. Camera speeding, audio speeding. Lights and sound, go. And action. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Pretend World's Real People. My name is Tyler. If this is your first time joining us, then I apologize in advance for fanboying out just a little bit for this week's guest. They're uh, somebody I've looked up to for most of my creative career, and those who know me closest know that I am a huge fan of the documentary My Date with Drew, which this next guest is the director and star of. Ever since then, he has directed a slew of genre-type films, whether it's Family films, comedy, rom-com, suspense, thriller. He's just done everything. He's incredibly talented, and we were very fortunate to get him on the show. Actually, I still have his name written down. It's crossed out now, but written down on a list of guests that I've always wanted to have on the show. So we're very fortunate to have him on today and grab about an hour of his time. So please help me welcome Brian Herzlinger. Brian, how are you today, my friend? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, it's been uh, it's been like a like a two month process for <laughs> reaching out and trying to get your your uh, your reps to see if you're you're available. I'm glad we finally you know we were able to do it. <laughs> well, let me tell you, th- that's all fake. It's all
1: fake. I- I- I'm <laughs> sitting here in a corner of a room doing nothing for two months, waiting to hear from you and um, i'm so glad we finally got this on the book so this is great it's fun. i love the title of your podcast by the way i, I love that i love oh, the, the pretend you. world's uh, element
0: of it um, yeah it reminds a, me of uh uh what we do for a living here i exactly and it's something where we started um actually building up merch so we have shirts and mugs and and face masks that we're we're selling some stickers merch uh, merch. merch that's the name of the game merch. is merch do you, do you uh, have any kids I don't i don't i uh, uh I, I finally you know nailed down a solid relationship for about a, almost a year and a half so oh congratulations you know, That's thank great. you <laughs> I, I bring uh, it up I,
1: I bring it up because merch is a great name for a kid
0: <laughs> whoever's listening don't take that name because if i have kids i'm stealing it especially your girlfriend <laughs>
1: don't don't let her hear this if uh <laughs> if you want to keep that going you're not naming a kid merch anyway okay sorry <laughs>
0: So, Brian, tell—I uh, mean, I told our, our listeners, you know, who you are in the intro, but if you wouldn't mind, like, giving them, uh, uh you know, a couple couple pieces of, you know, who you are and, and what you oh, do. Oh, jeez! Wow, <laughs>
1: the vanity play.
0: Thanks. All right. Uh, yeah, tell us I'm who you awesome, are, Brian.
1: I'm an awesome director and what uh, <laughs> a, a very uh you know witty writer. No, uh the the okay uh, the long and short of it is you know my first I'm a director and a writer uh of of feature films and uh a lot of movies that uh wind up airing on Hallmark and Lifetime as of late uh but the first movie that put me on the map was my date with drew my my uh 1100 documentary that came out in 2005 and i've been uh directing and writing ever since with a 3 year uh uh side journey of of being an on-air correspondent for the tonight show with jay leno which was a blast and yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so, so I've, uh, lately it's been a lot of Christmas movies. I'm the, uh, apparently the go-to Jew for Christmas movies. So, <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, but it's, it's been amazing. Uh, you know, um, I'm very
0: fortunate. Well, you, you know, maybe they think, oh, he's so far removed from traditional Christmas culture. He, he knows what to do. Like, we we can get him to do that. No, nah, it's because I wanted it all the
1: time. Growing up in Jersey as like one of the, 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 the couple of Jewish, uh, kids in my class you know you you go home you look across the street and they're all Christmas trees and you got the menorah and you're like I want that that they get more than eight presents what is going on this is crazy (laughs) and my next door neighbor Eddie Litsky Eddie Litsky uh was was Jewish but celebrated Christmas as well and so he got both Hanukkah and Christmas and this was the beginning of the end i was like oh my god how am i how can i be so jealous of a guy this is insane and um yeah so but i i love uh the holiday and it's pretty much christmas year round you know we're shooting these movies uh you know in july and you know in, in canada or you know in you know all around the the u.s and uh i'm about to head to maui to direct um, my next feature, which is a a romantic comedy. It's not a Christmas film. It's a it's a tropical paradise romantic comedy called Aloha with Love that stars Trevor Donovan and Tiffany Smith. And and Trevor is is a name um, you'd recognize him from all the the latest Hallmark batch of yeah. films, and he's in the upcoming Reagan movie as well. So anyway, and I've worked with him twice before, and it's a fun fun uh fun project so i i head out on a plane in a a few days so you got me in the window right
0: before i go you see it worked out just in time just in time how so how did you uh like just go from directing the you know slew of christmas films to this this rom-com is that something you always had in the can or was it more of a just a a, i hate to say this word but like a pivot to a different type of genre oh
1: no well i one of my Goals in terms of you know the movies I make is to not get pigeonholed into a specific genre. So I've directed romantic comedies before. I've directed R-rated comedies. I've directed R-rated Christmas weed comedies. I my, my R-rated Christmas weed comedy is called High Holiday. And that stars Tom Arnold, Cloris Leachman in, in one of our last performances, uh Jennifer Tilley, uh, Shannon Sossiman, Asif Ali, Robert Carradine. Corey Landis, and, and that comes out on April twentieth. So, uh, so, so for me, it's as as often and as how how many of these Christmas films I'm doing for Lifetime uh, or in that Hallmark Lifetime space. I'm also making sure that I do other genres as well. Uh, you know, I did a thriller last year. I'm going to do another thriller this year. So, so it's fun. While developing a bi- two biopics, I'm um, attached to direct. Uh, and, um, you know, a, a, you know, a gremlins type, uh, eighties, uh, you know, uh, comedy horror. So, you know, it's, it's
0: just keep it moving. Just keep it alive. Don't get pigeonholed. Yeah. That oh God, you had me at, at gremlins type eighties. Oh, <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. I'm excited to see more about that. What I got, I, I know we, we got a little bit into, and I'll go into my, my fandom of my date with Drew uh, later on, but oh, cool. Uh, where did, like, where did this start for you? Everyone has that moment where they're sitting in the cinema or they're, they're sitting in front of their TV and they, you know, they kind of realize I want to, I want to be involved in this somehow, whether it's writing, acting, directing, uh, being the the prop master, like what, what was that moment for you? Uh,
1: the, the first movie I saw in the theater was in 1980, it was Empire Strikes Back and that... You know, just changed my world. And then right after that was E.T. E.T. is my favorite movie, and uh, and and thus began the fascination and admiration uh, um, uh, with and for uh, Spielberg. Uh, so, so his movies really, really paved the way in terms of the, the types of movies I wanted to make, the types of movies that inspired me to to get into film. Um, but that journey itself was, I always knew I loved movies, but I didn't know that you could try to make a living at making those movies, right. Where, cause it was such a, it's such a risky play versus being a veterinarian, you know, yeah, uh, absolutely. which I was going to do. I was uh, all through high school. I was, you know, I loved movies. I turned my Latin class into Jurassic Park 101. Uh, everybody in the school knew that I loved two things, movies, well, three things, movies, Spielberg and Drew Barrymore. And uh, and I got to meet Spielberg in my senior year of high school, May 4th, 1994. It was a Wednesday. Uh, And and for me, it was this love and passion for filmmaking, but a fear of taking a risk Hmm. to go for something. How could somebody have a job that they love? Right. How could how could doing what you love pay your bills? Uh, the, The two things never really up until that point were separate for me. Um, and I think that's just because of the lessons you learn growing up. Like you know, y- y- get great grades, go get the job. You know, nine to five, come home, have a family, and go. You know, do the fun stuff on the weekends, weekend warrior stuff. But um, I just made that decision uh, in in g- senior year of high school. It was it was just deciding not to go to be a vet, but to pursue filmmaking. And, you know, I have the best family in the world. They were so supportive of it, and. And I didn't realize until years later, because that was 94 is when I graduated high school. You know, I went to Ithaca College uh, for film, came out to L.A. That's in New York, came out to L.A. in 97, interned for Spielberg and then graduated and wound up working in television as a as a production assistant for David Kelly and uh, my mentor, Bill D'Elia and on shows which you probably are too young to even
0: know do you know chicago hope yeah oh yeah yeah i uh right, so I, a- I have an old soul so i started oh, okay, like that a little bit <laughs> well
1: that yes yeah, so, so i was a production assistant on chicago hope for for the producers and what that allowed me to do was was you know work the regular shift where i'm photocopying scripts making the best coffee that anybody can make and you know uh you know being every at the producers beck and call but then you know, when it was like six o'clock at night, you know, the writers would go home, producers, you know, would go home, I would go to set. And now I could stay on set and watch these amazing directors, this, this rotating group of directors that, you know, just know the craft so well, I had a front row seat. And I just watched and learned and absorbed. And, you know, I was a sponge. And then uh, over the years, you know, I, I would make my own short films using the equipment from the show and you know, hiding out in the edit bay at 20th Century Fox editing my short. And, you know, uh, I was very lucky to to come into a group that was great people that were so supportive cast, crew of Chicago Hope and then Ally McBeal where I was Bill's personal assistant. So that gave me even more time on set, you know, every time he directed. And so for me, it you know, it was, uh, I had a bubble. I had a bubble that just perpetuated my, my love for the business, my love for the craft. And and I, I gained an education from those experiences that, that are just priceless. And I use it every day I'm on set, every day I'm on set. So, um, but the fun part about it is, is taking that risk to go into film is the theme that my date with Drew, you know, it came right out of Drew's mouth, which is if you don't take risks, you'll have a wasted soul. And and that was just, you know, that's one of the reasons why I admire her so much and and had wanted to meet her uh, so badly. And and it was just this I- ideal of going for it, you know, go for your dreams. Life's too short. Don't ask what if. And uh, so the moment that the moment that uh, my my two of my brothers, but they're my brothers, really, John and Brett, who made. John Gunn and Brett Wynn who made my date with Drew with me. Yeah. Um, you know, the moment we started making that movie, uh, that was every day since has been the best day of my life because I didn't feel like I was
0: uh asking what if anymore. Wow. I, it, you know what it's it's really cool to hear that now, having seen my date with Drew so many times and wondering, you know, what was the the um I guess, origin story before all this, before this current origin story, you know? Uh, are you right. are you and Drew still in contact or was that more of like a one-time thing, maybe email every now and again?
1: Uh, well, the answer to that is uh, occasionally there's contact. Uh, okay. you, you know, it's, <laughs> talk about timing. I don't know if you watched the James Corden late show. Uh,
0: not recently, no, no. What, what was uh, yeah. going on?
1: Well, no, last week or a week and a half ago, the, the, the band leader... Drew was a guest on the show. The band leader starts talking about how he you know, really liked Drew and saw her in New York at a cafe, wanted to go up and ask her out or say hi. And he never did. And then a year later, my date with Drew came out and he was talking and you went out with that guy. So um, so the fun <laughs> part about my date with Drew is, is, you know, I hear about it all the time, much like I'm talking to you. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I'm so proud of that. I'm so proud that that's the the you know if i'm remembered for 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 that there are worse things to be remembered for um but you know i think also the same as is, is drew you know she you know people bring that up to her too she she once said that uh somebody came up to her and told her that their favorite drew barrymore movie was my date with true and uh which is hysterical to me but um no i i mean honestly the the experience making that movie the experience with her uh you know i had a lifetime to imagine what it was going to be like and she exceeded every expectation uh you know if you remember in the date you've seen the movie a few times and thank you for that that's awesome i love that that you like the movie so much but uh you know the you know during our date she says oh if i had known when i talk about sneaking into the charlie's angels full throttle premiere she goes if i had known you were trying to do that i would have just invited you and i'm like oh whatever well <laughs> lo and behold you know after the date we the date happened in, I think, August of 2003. Hmm. I'm making it sound like I don't remember the date. August 27, <laughs> 2003. Not sure which day of the week it was, but I remember it was August 27, <laughs> 2003. But anyway, but that February 2004 was the premiere of 51st Dates. And I was in the drive through line for Taco Bell in Sherman Oaks. And my phone rings, and it's Chris Miller, who works with uh, Drew, and he's like, Drew um, wants to invite you to the 51st Dates premiere, you and a guest. Oh, my God. So just to give you an idea of the of who we're talking about here, I mean, there there is a genuine, uh, you know, quality to her. And, and she, you know, said she would have invited me to that premiere, and then she invited me to the 51st Dates premiere. Uh, John and Brett and Carrie David, who produced the movie for us, you know, they all drew straws to see who would be my date. John, (laughs) John won. So John and I went to the premiere of 51st Dates in Westwood at the man's there. And, uh, uh, it was at that time, Drew had not seen the movie. She had not seen my date with Drew yet. And we were trying to get her to, to approve it and make sure she was happy with it not that she required that, but we wanted to make sure and make sure that Nancy Juvonen was happy with it and Gwen Stroman was happy with it. We wanted to make sure everybody enjoyed and was supportive of the film. Yeah. And so John and I go to this big movie premiere. I mean, it was huge. And and when I say there were thousands of people there, there were thousands of people there. And um, and then we watched the movie. Drew is sitting two rows in front of me with her boyfriend, uh, Fabrizio Moretti at the time, Adam Sandler's, you know, you know, a, a row up and to the left and Nancy's up and to the right and all this stuff. Watching the movie, loving the movie, movie ends, standing ovation, people come running up to Drew and John was telling me, he's like, bro, you got to, you got to get to Drew to to, to see if we can lock her down so she can see the movie. And I'm like, okay, I really don't want to, but okay, okay. Oh, uh, you know, no. and I was scared to death. <laughs> and then of course she gets bombarded afterwards and I'm like, I'm not doing it. This is, you know. I don't want to ruin anything. The date couldn't have gone more beautifully, whatever. So we leave the theater and go out to the lobby, and again, so many people, so many people. So you got to picture this: on the, on the, to my right are the doors that come from the theater into the lobby. Okay. To my left is is the exit and the bathrooms. Right. In between, a sea of people. A sea of people. <laughs> And John and I, John's still trying to convince me to do this. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. What is wrong with you? I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to, you know, you know, uh, (laughs) pester her. I don't want to do it. Anyway, so Drew comes out and is talking to a whole group of these kids that like won tickets to the thing. I mean, just so sweet and everything. And I see her say to one of her, somebody with her, I see her, I'm close enough to, to be able to see what she said. I couldn't hear it, but she's like, I have to go pee. So she starts to walk towards the bathroom and as she turns to go towards the bathroom she makes eye contact with me this is from across the room perfect with and there's a sea of people between us i'm telling you and she she takes another step and stops looks towards me and screams oh my god hi and drew comes running over to me gives me a huge hug and she goes, "I'm so happy you're here." And and I'm like, "Oh my god, it's so good to see you! Uh, congratulations on your movie. It's 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 amazing." And she goes, "Thank you, but I can't wait to see our movie. Is it okay if I call it our movie?" And I'm like, "You can call it whatever you want. Yes, yes, it's our movie." <laughs> uh, and we talked for about five minutes, and and John's next to me, and he's you know saying hi to her, and and just like you know, kind of stunned, and so. She's like, okay, we're going to arrange the screening. I can't wait to see it, all this. And then she goes off. I said, I know you got to go pee, go pee, talk to you later. And she starts laughing. She walks away. And then John looks at me and he goes, Brian, I'll go, what? He goes, when you were a kid can you imagine like whether or not you would meet Drew or get a date with Drew, did you ever think in your wildest dreams that you would be at a movie premiere of hers that she invited you to, and that she would then run up to you to give you a hug and say, she can't wait to see the movie you made together. And then he said that to me and I got choked up. I'm like, John, I got to go. This is too much. And so anyway, so, so to answer your question, uh, uh, I, you know, the, the relationship with Drew is, is one that, that I, I'm so uh, grateful to have. And, and I think that, that uh, you know, what you see with her is what you get. That's, that's the thing. She's absolutely 100% real. And, and that's why I love that people got to see that date for that reason.
0: Yeah, it, there is a you know it, when you're watching anything with a a celebrity, you're hopefully it's not your first thought, but you might think like eh, maybe there's a bit of a facade there. But it, it's awesome to hear that she's you know, and I've seen it in interviews since then. She's like you said, a, a genuine, sweet, caring yeah, person. Absolutely, you know, just just so open. And I uh, it, yeah, I'll I'll tell you right now. I watched the film uh, in 2005. I think I was I was 13 and mm-hmm. uh picked up the the movie from blockbuster and i thought this looks interesting you know I, i'm i'm wanting to get into film i want to check this out and i still have i still have the blockbuster copy hey there you go <laughs> i love i uh yeah so you know I, I watched it a couple of times uh that weekend and uh at that time in my life i was i was very overweight i grew up um you know going into high school at about almost 300 pounds and uh just oh. feeling you know really really bad about myself but I I watched that movie and it gave me so much inspiration. You know, like just like what you did in the film, where you took a chance. You said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I don't know what's gonna happen, uh, but if I don't take this chance, then nothing would ever happen." And I have emulated that for almost everything I've done for most of my life just thinking ah oh, you know what awesome. i can hear brian saying just do it <laughs>
1: like, just, oh wow
0: just, wow just try it try it <laughs> out see what happens and you know what it it got me an agent it got me into a film you know it got me into screenwriting so i i do appreciate everything you did uh, uh, in that thank film. I'm you i'm sure for you've heard that. it before but yeah massive Why? Well, i i that that's
1: fan. that's amazing thank you i i, I really appreciate that and and, you know, that's just, you know, I'll throw it right back at you, man. That's it, it takes a lot to, to take the risk and go for it. And and look, yeah. you did it and, and you're doing great and you look great. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm so happy that you're happy. That's what it that's what it's about. That's really what it's about. Yeah. But honestly, you, you know, the, there is this kind of cycle of paying it forward. Absolutely. I mean, you know, that's one of the things that uh, Nancy said to me on that phone call When you see me when I find out I got the date. you know, know, I said, whatever Drew wants, she could, you know, she wants to be a producer on it, you know, uh, you know, she wants all the money, I don't care. And Nancy said, Drew doesn't want anything from it. She just, she's doing this for you. And we just ask that you pay it forward. And that, and that mentality and that kind of spirit is all throughout my date with Drew. And it's something that, that, you know, one of, one of the proudest things in my life is that we're still talking about the film. And that, and that people are seeing it in film school and people are discovering it today. Um, you know, I got I, I don't know what is going on in the universe, but I, I literally got a, a message on Facebook uh, from somebody I don't know, telling me that, you know, I just watched my date with Drew for the first time and I've been having a really sad week. And I just want to say thank you for making me smile again. Oh, and I'm God. like, I mean, that is just the best feeling in the world because when we set out to make the movie. I mean, how, how egotistical do you have to be to believe that what you're doing is so significant that it's going to change people's lives? We never thought that. We didn't even know if we had an ending to the movie. You know, we had the whole movie shot without knowing if Drew was going to say yes. To the point where we had an alternate ending planned, which was if Drew had said no, I mean, the movie's called My Date with Drew, but we didn't say which one. So it was going to be me in a hot tub with Drew Carey. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, you know, whole beer saying you know life's a bitch but um anyway so so but just for it to have, have be lighting in a bottle the way it is and, and continues to be uh it, it's something i'm so grateful for and proud of
0: and and you should be it's it that's crazy that you're getting i mean it doesn't surprise me that you're getting messages from people you don't know that was yesterday. you know just yeah it was yesterday yeah like so
1: yeah. so it's, it's something you know but but i love that i i i love that 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 it, there's a I don't want to say a timeless thing to it. It's just a universal appeal to it because everybody Absolutely. knows what it's like to have a dream and be afraid to go for it. And then hopefully finally do it. Um, and that's the thing, it, you know, as long as, as long as people can can take something positive away from the movie, then, then, you know, I'm I'm ecstatic. Oh
0: man, that it, it warms my heart to hear that you got that message too. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. And you know, here we are, 2021, uh, middle of a a a crazy pandemic, and uh, you know, obviously, you know, you're you're busy doing, um, you know, a couple films lined up down the pipeline. And uh, was there any like, I don't know, did you have any any doubts during COVID, or were you still working? Like, did you have a bout where you weren't working at all? You weren't (laughs) sure if your projects were going to go through, or was it kind of kind of steady? I'm not sure how Hallmark and, and Lifetime work. I, I figure they probably they're on top of getting their movies out on time. But uh, I got to ask that.
1: Question. Well, it was it was an interesting uh, year. I, I think, as everybody can attest to, oh, yeah. uh, uh, there was fortunately I had shot uh, a thriller that that I had done on my own um, with with an, an investor friend of mine who his his name's John Bravo. Really, his name is John Bravo.
0: John Bravo. Oh my god. Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo. <laughs>
1: and Johnny I've known since I was in high school. Okay. Back in New Jersey. And John always loved movies. Loved movies to the point where I cast him in my senior film thesis project. Uh called the film contest based on my experiences working at the amc as a as a, a an usher and a concessionist so anyway um but john retired uh, you know a couple of years ago and said he, he and reached out to me and was like i want to make movies i i you know i'm i want to i want to do it and i said well okay well what do you want to do and how do you want to do it and you know he wanted to you know finance uh you know the smaller movies and so you know, he he originally wanted to do a Christmas movie. I'm like, he can't do a Christmas movie for, for, you know, the, the less money. You need more money because that's all on the screen. But you could do a thriller because those are contained. So, cut to uh, John got to do his produce his first movie uh, that I uh, directed and shot in December of 2019, right before Christmas. So December 2019, the world shut down uh march tw- like 13th oh yeah. Or yeah, yeah 15th that sounds right yeah and by yeah. the way my i had the premiere of my uh documentary that i made uh called my truth uh the, the rape with of Corey feldman. yeah with cory feldman who i met while making my date with true but that premiere was at the director's guild on march 9th it's the last event to be held at the director's guild still to this day uh because of COVID so um but when COVID really shut everything down I had the movie in the can as we say so the editor was finishing it up and I was finishing it up and and I had a finished movie at a time when they were looking for content right and so so the timing with that was great and fortunate but then after that, I mean, no one knew what was happening for months and months and months. And then I got a call to do the movie I'm doing, about to do in Hawaii. But then they couldn't get, make it work because of COVID. And so I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. All right. Well, what am I doing next? And then I, I get a call to direct a uh, Christmas film for Lifetime in Nashville. And that was called a welcome home Christmas with uh, Janet Kramer and Brandon Quinn. And, and that was one of the first productions back in the U S to shoot under the COVID protocols. And it was the toughest shoot I've ever done. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Well, we shut down (laughs) three times because of COVID. It was just insane. But um, so anyway, so, so I shot that movie and it was, absolutely uh just just very difficult but very rewarding the network loved it and did really well for them in the ratings and and i'm very proud of the film and then another film that was delayed because of covid uh circled back this was a film that my wife megan and i wrote together that um uh had been greenlit a year you know in 2019 but couldn't get it was supposed to shoot in March of 2020. Well nothing was shooting in March of 2020. So uh I wound up going to Canada to to direct um this film called A Christmas Dance Reunion, which is the lifetime Christmas movie version of Dirty Dancing. Oh my God. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, I'm so proud of this movie. I can't wait for you to see it. It's gonna be on Lifetime uh this Christmas. And uh but but I was able to shoot it in Canada. And that experience regarding COVID was terrific. There, there were, it was very smooth. So I was very fortunate to be able to work enough to to survive and 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 still move forward. Um, but it was it, it was a tough year. It, it was it was yeah. a, a tough year of unknowns and roller coasters, much like everybody is was and oh, still yeah. continues to feel. Uh, you know the impact of that. It's it's just. Um,
0: sounds like a sci-fi movie. Uh, it told and i think they they made one or two. yeah, yeah, there's <laughs> going to be really a,
1: I, I know Judd Apatow's doing a rom-com about, you know, covid quarantine i'm like i don't want to get back into quarantine that fast. i don't want to see, you know, but <laughs> but uh, like if anybody can years. pull it off it's him. yeah.
0: <laughs> so so you don't have a quarantine script that you want to get made someday
1: i have no interest in doing a quarantine (laughs) script i I just i don't want to remind anybody of what this year was Yeah. yeah um you know i'd rather i'd rather you know steer them away into the fun and the the you know how it could be again and how it was like you know there's a mandate for me is no mask anywhere in any shot in any of the movies i'm doing the moment i cut everybody puts their mask on <laughs> I mean, like it's it's just i just you know i love the um it it's it's kind of amazing that talking about the name of your podcast that the pretend world in my
0: movies is a world in which you don't have to wear a mask oh that's beautiful and it's 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 uh, escapism right like you you don't want yeah. them to, to, yeah, to think about what is happening right now for 2 hours <laughs> no you want them to feel good right i yeah. mean
1: I mean, that's the best part about doing the films that I do for lifetime, which is, you know, there, there's just not a mean bone in any of it. And and I love that. I mean, you know that there's uh, there's an expectation for these films, but I also make it my own in terms of, you know, is this a movie I want to watch? Is this a movie that, you know, you know, the you know, I'll, I'll reference all these scenes from Spielberg movies that I love, you know, when we're writing the movie and uh you know be able to incorporate those special moments within a framework that's more traditional in those lifetime movies that's where i get a lot of joy where if you if you look at the movies i do for them it, you could tell it's a movie i did as opposed to one of the 50 that are airing you know yeah,
0: yeah. absolutely and it, it seems like um you know you have you, you do carry that that spielberg um you know, family family friendly throwback to a better era vibe to uh, especially some of the Christmas movies you've done. You know, you you carry that that aura in each shot. And uh, you know, that's right. I I haven't seen any of the any of the thrillers yet, but I you know I hope there's a little bit of Spielberg in there too. <laughs> there's <laughs> well, there's
1: uh, you know what's funny is I'm still on a, my own quest to do more Amblin type projects. And, you know, uh, those that's the dream for me. I see i haven't I haven't achieved that part yet. I haven't achieved my my e t or my gremlins, right? Um, you know, i I haven't done that yet. and and I think that that's that's where eventually i want to I, I want to get to. um but but it's it's navigating, you know the the realm of the film business. and that's another thing is, how many people want that nowadays? Right. You know, when's the last time you saw an ET or, uh, you know, gremlins or Goonies aimed at that, you know, at, at, a specific demographic, you know, I don't, I don't think temple of doom is coming out anytime, you know, <laughs> now, uh, but, but, but that's, you know, these are, these are my favorite films. These are my, you know, the, the escapism, um, you know, th- there was an attempt with, if you remember Spielberg collaborating with JJ Abrams on Super Eight, yeah. you know, uh, you know, that was an attempt. But but I think, you know, for me, it's the goal is to is to eventually get to do that.
0: Yeah, it god, you know, Super Eight was, it was it was good. I, I think it was enjoyable. Uh going along with what you said, you know, I I feel the same way. I wrote a script similar to uh to Starman. I'm not sure. Did you ever see Starman?
1: Dude, I love not only do I love <laughs> Starman. I watched it again, did you? about some two months ago, because <laughs> I was just so worried about Jeff Bridge's health. Yeah. I'm like, you know, and he sounds like, thank God he's doing much better but but I was just like, I gotta watch Starman again. I love Starman. I'm a big John Carpenter guy. Uh, oh, yeah. well, well, you know the the, the five John Carpenter movies <laughs> that are great. but um, <laughs> but Starman,, um, I love that movie so much. And, you know, I, I never, I I don't watch it without ever tear. I always tear up. I always tear up in that movie. Oh, Um, and he's so great in that movie. Uh, But, but that again is, you know, it's E.T. but with a man Mm -hmm. and, you know, a a more mature, you know, relationship, but similar premise. And I think the, um, that kind of, of, of story is stuff. I love, love, love. I mean. Like, you know, I love the, the fantasy that also brings, you know, the human themes into it. You know, that's, you know, E.T.'s about, you know, divorce. E.T.'s about, you know, oh, yeah. you, know um, you know, a boy who doesn't have a dad and, and, and a boy who, who finds a best friend who happens to be an alien, you know, from another planet. But but it, that's why the movie is is my favorite movie is it's so relatable and it's so fantastic. Right. It's an extraordinary yeah. story that that we all relate to. And that, for me, is the most inspiring, um, w- you know, type of filmmaking. And that's why Spielberg's the man. Exactly. You know? but, but, you know, I think Schindler's List is the best film ever made. But the, my favorite movie is E.T. And, and you got to imagine a six year old me seeing E.T. for the first time, seeing Drew for the first time. And you know, so so it all. Th- there's no surprise there. <laughs> it, all, it all just kind of blends beautifully into my
0: life. There you go. I kind of wish sometimes, you know, that that social media does or wouldn't exist in the capacity that it does now. Just so you know, people can't just look up trailers for films. You know, they can pick up ET off of a you know I know a, a I know DVD shelf and watch it with no you know. <laughs> no I, I
1: still have in storage i have my collection of 35 millimeter trailers that i always took uh from the movie theater when i worked there oh my that God. instead of them getting thrown away i you know like i have my naked gun you know original 35 trailer i got the lion king opening sequence what? like I, I mean who who needs this stuff <laughs> I, I, why why am People i paying like us <laughs> i mean it's, yeah i'm a geek so anyway but, but, but there is something tangible about it and 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 one of the things that's really fun not to keep going back to my date with drew, but, but shooting that movie in the summer of 2003 is a time capsule for 2003 there, you know, there is not cameras in your phones. There's not Facebook. There's not Instagram. Um, You know, YouTube, I think was just gearing up Mm -hmm. and, and just think about that is, is my date with drew couldn't be made a year later. Wow. I think about that. So so it was just all yeah. of it. If you go back and look at it from a technological time capsule, um, it's very interesting to see how excited I was to get on a radio show. Right? Exactly. Oh,
0: yeah. That scene gets me every time. Oh, like, yeah.
1: I said to my daughter, my daughter is about to be <laughs> seven. And I said, I have to go do an interview. And she goes, for what? I go, I'm, and I I don't know why I said this. I go, I'm being interviewed for a radio show. And then she goes, what's a radio? Oh. And I do. and then I'm like, well, it's a podcast. She's like, oh, a podcast. Okay, great. I'm like, oh my God. So, so there is a, there, there is a fun time capsule element to, you know, I mean, look, the climax of the movie is you hear my voice because we don't have a camera. Yeah. You know, when you're looking at John's at the time, very fancy, you know, cell
0: phone. So I don't, Yeah that was actually something uh one of my roommates said when we were watching it. Cause I had, I had to show it to everybody like before i get him on the show you need to watch the movie oh thanks. and, no. <laughs> and they saw his phone they went wow i bet that would survive a six-foot fall <laughs> yeah
1: that. i mean it's uh it's <laughs> like watching if you ever want to look <laughs> look at lethal weapon uh there's a scene where danny glover makes a phone call from one of those uh, freeway bridges off to the side with a big brick battery oh yeah uh, <laughs> And and that's just a moment where I'm like, yep, time capsule, right there, right there. <laughs> um, uh, so, but it's fun like that. It, it's 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 neat, and and it's very. Uh, uh, I get emotional about it. A few, you know, it's funny. I I didn't. I watched my date with Drew for the first time as a dad. Uh oh God, when was it? Was it John's fortieth? I think it was John's fortieth birthday. Okay wait, I'm trying to think if that's right. 37. Yeah. I think I'd just become a dad anyway, either way. So, uh, you know, enough time had gone by since, you know, we made my date with Drew, you know, this is, this is like over, uh, this is like 10 years later, I think. Um, and I hadn't seen it in a long time and my wife had never seen it. My wife did not want to see my date with Drew too early because she didn't want to get to know me through ah. the movie. Okay, that makes so, sense. So, <laughs> once she felt like we knew each other well enough, she was willing to watch my date with Drew and she loved it. But um uh but but for me, I got really choked up uh watching my date with Drew, uh, you, you know, uh, at at John's when I was a dad because I'm looking at it so different. I'm looking at I'm thinking about, wow, you know, that was so long ago. Look how young I am. Look how I'm, you know, I'm, I love how close I still am with John and Brett. You know, I saw them both Saturday. Right. So I'm like, like, we're all really close and seeing, getting a reminder of just how long we've been friends and family and, you know, and seeing how we've had life experiences. You know, all of us have became, have become parents, you know, um, you know, I got married had kids and, uh, you know, and just, just being able to have that, time of our lives preserved forever it, 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 i watched the movie in a different light because you know i, I was dis- distant enough from it having not seen it and also life experiences have happened since then that just even elevated and already you know how how much higher can you go uh feeling of the film so yeah. um anyway it, it it's neat and i'm you know when you watch it 10 years from now when you have more life under your belt mm-hmm. Um, you know, my hope is that the movie still resonates for you and anybody, but but you get something a little different out of it too, but in an equally positive, if not more positive, way.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I'm the I'm the same age, roughly the same age, maybe a little bit older than uh, than you were in the film now. Well, you're are you 27? And, uh, I'm 28.
1: Yeah, I was 27 so, when I shot it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So like watching it now compared to watching it, you know, when I was going into high school or even in middle school it is completely different and it, it strikes yeah. you a little bit harder. I had to send a, a copy to one of my friends who also works in the industry because they're not sure, you know, we're, we're not really making any money bartending right, right now and we're not getting auditions. So <laughs> like, right. You know, you need something to lift yourself up. So um, that's just crazy. Well, just so that, you
1: know, when I, when we made that movie, yeah. I was, I had just finished working the night, the graveyard shift, at a facility called encore video where i was literally handing out editing supplies to editors really that's what was happening when because it left my days free which allowed me to go on that game show and and have the name drew barrymore you know win me eleven hundred dollars that i used to make the movie so so that's part of it too is is don't give up do not give up do you know um the opportunities are there even if they're not right in front of you they're there um and 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 that's something that i learned uh like i said from the day one of shooting it was just you 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 feel so great that you're trying you feel so great that you're trying um and i love that you're doing this podcast that's awesome i think it's you know simultaneously you're you're writing and Um, you know, that's phenomenal and great. And, and it's only going to lead to awesome things. And, and, you know, one of the things I learned after making my date with Drew was say yes. Mm -hmm. Even the stuff you're not sure about, say yes, because you have no idea what's going to come out of it. And, and that, that was something that, that uh, I'm kind of holding on to trying to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, (laughs) I don't want to say, you know, uh look at yes man for inspiration as well. But there's Uh, there's a key component there somewhere. There is, sure, sure. (laughs) Yeah. There is. Absolutely everything. Uh Uh, what like I guess looking at at where you are now and where you want to go, I I have to ask you, like is there a uh ET era like early 80s, late 70s period piece film that you, you don't have to tell me about it, but that you'd want to make as almost like a like a throwback film? oh yeah 100 like yep
1: i do <gasps> i've got i've got three and you got three <laughs> uh, I, I had a meeting about one of them yesterday and uh two meetings yesterday about it and yeah those those for me are the long plays those are the i'm totally. gonna make this movie before i die no oh, play God. while going off to maui to go shoot the rom-com um but uh yeah man it's it's uh uh I mean, I, I, I don't care what anybody else says, other generations to be a kid in the eighties, uh, you know, to be God in, in the summer of 89, I was 13. And, uh, that was the summer of lethal weapon Two, Batman, Indiana Jones and the last crusade. I mean, to be that age in that, in that, uh, decade, nothing beats it. It is like, you know, look at Josh Gad's reunited apart. I mean, it's that exactly. It, it, oh, you my know, God. It, it's, it's, uh, um, you know, there's, you know, that that's, yeah, It it's the best. I, I feel extremely blessed to have been that age at that time. Um, and, and my wife of course makes fun of me for that, but I, I don't care. I love <laughs> the, 80s. the 80s, you know, how do you, how do you not see back to the future when you're nine? and think this is the <laughs> coolest thing you've ever seen in your life right or or gremlins and Goonies. to be alive when when the mpa mpa decides oh we might need a pg-13 yeah. rating uh because of indiana jones and the temple of doom and gremlins oh yeah okay well here you go oh my
0: yeah you know what i i give my uh my my parents my relatives grief for not fully embrace and and, you know it's a time you grew up and if you weren't into that stuff at the time I can understand it but like my favorite film uh of all of Spielberg's is The Last Crusade oh I I love it dude there's nothing else for me
1: wait oh my god (laughs) I have a picture of Sean Connery and Harrison Ford signed by both of them from what's still from Last Crusade yeah I am listen (laughs) oh my god you have no idea dude I love uh, the Indiana Jones trilogy and that's as far as I go. It's just the three. It's just the three. Oh, yeah. Uh, just the three. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I, my wife was born in 83 so she had never seen the Indiana Jones movies and uh, I, I insisted that she see it on the big screen and I insisted on it being a 35 millimeter print and so uh, we had just had our daughter and uh, we had oh, this is such a weird freaking scenario. <laughs> uh, we we had I just had my daughter. I had just moved to the west side from the valley, and there was a a screening of Raiders, Temple of Doom, and Last Crusade at the Egyptian oh in Hollywood. God. And I insisted, "This is it. This this event was made for you, Megan. This is it." And we we were still early on in being parents and. Megan, more than, than I was very wary of leaving our daughter. Right. And I was yeah. too, but she, you know, a mom has a maternal connection to this and instincts or whatever. So, so I, I get her to agree. We go and we watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm watching her face more than I'm watching Raiders of the Lost <laughs> Ark. Right. <laughs> And, and then Raiders ends, and I'm like, is that not, the did that not just change your life? Is this not the best thing you've ever seen? You know, all this stuff. This defines adventure. And then Temple of Doom starts. Again, just watching her face and all this stuff. And no matter what she her reaction is, it's never going to be enough nope. for me to say, you love it the way I do. So Temple of Doom ends. And, 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 and meanwhile, she's literally, I'm watching her, she's checking her phone. She's you know checking for updates on the on Cleary, our daughter, and all this stuff, and oh, then uh, Temple of Doom ends, and she opens oh, and looks at her phone and there's some text messages from the, the from my ex girlfriend actually who was watching the baby at the time, which is such a weird sounds like a sitcom. Oh my god, uh, what? But, yeah, <laughs> but anyway, so that so then my my wife was like, oh you know Cleary's not you know she's she's crying and really we got to go, and I'm like, what? We got to go. Last Crusade about to start, and she's like, "No, I can't. I'm not gonna be able to enjoy it. I'm not gonna be able to enjoy it. We gotta go. Let's go. We still gotta drive back." No. And I'm like, "What? No, no, no." So she still has never seen Last Crusade. So, um, and again, oh you know, I, I'm waiting to for for movie theaters to open up again, again so I could <laughs> hopefully they'll put on Last Crusade.
0: Oh, so, so I'll you, it,
1: damn it! He, I did. I I put on a whole 35th anniversary celebration for Greece too. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> where I got the the cast and crew to reunite at, and celebrate the film's anniversary with a 35 millimeter
0: print, so oh
1: it's not beyond me to get a Last Crusade screening going. That's all I got to say.
0: Hey, if if that happens, I will fly out to LA to go see that <laughs> in a 35 millimeter print because that oh, I, I mean everything here is just digital. You know, I saw Back to the Future, uh, you know. I had an AMC during COVID when they had social distancing, but it's just, it's a, it's a digital file. It doesn't have the same yeah. feel to it. You yeah, know? No. It just... I know, I know, but man, that was what, seven years ago. And she still hasn't had a chance to see it. That's crazy.
1: Oh yeah. Well, and also <laughs> I'm also being very precious about it where I'm like, you're going to see it in the right environment. Oh yeah. And, you know,
0: as you should be. I mean, it's the last yeah. crusade.
1: <laughs> I showed her the trailer and she's like, yeah. I think there was the, the moment with the plane where you're like, uh, I'm sorry, oh, Sean, yeah. they got us. Uh, and she's like, oh, those special effects are very 80s. I'm like, don't even say a word negative about this movie. Anyway, yeah. All right, so ask me ask me your, your final questions here because I'm going to have to get going on, my, on my, my other actual Zoom that I have to do for
0: work. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, just, you know, thank you so much for being a part of it. Um, no, I love this. I'll, uh, I'll make it quick, but uh, since I'll count that as, you know, well, you know what, let's not count that. Uh, do you have a quick best or worst story of your career that you'd like to share? Like, like a, we like to call it a party oh, story. Yeah. Worst
1: story. Best story. Well, I think I've told you my best stories. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> those are those are good. All right. Here's the worst story, which turned out to be the best story. Oh, I mentioned my mentor, Bill Dalia.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so Bill was a showrunner at the time. This is 98 of uh, 97 of Chicago Hope. And okay, I had just graduated from Ithaca out here in LA, the internship program. Didn't have a job and uh, wound up being asked to speak at an event where recent graduates talk to potential students. About why they should go to Ithaca from LA. Ooh. So I get up there, give my whole spiel. Of, oh man, this is great! I know what I'm talking about. I just graduated. I know everything there is to know about film, <laughs> and blah blah blah. Then afterwards, I, I mingle with the kids and their parents. And um, one of one of the the guys uh, is is a very close friend of mine now. His name's Chris, uh, Bill's son, Chris Galea. Chris is a comic. Do you know Chris? Oh yeah, I
0: I, uh, actually I know he's just caught. The- I caught his yeah. YouTube video a couple of days ago. Um,
1: yes. But. Yes. Which was, yeah, they, the, what he's going through is, is, uh, you know, unfathomable right now. It's yeah. I, you know Um. anyway, but uh, so that he was looking at schools and, uh, and, and so I'm like, Oh, you should go to Ithaca over at NYU because of this, 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 and then his dad comes over and he's blown away. Cause he can't stop looking at the program because the program for that night on the back of it was a photo of Bill, When he was at Ithaca College, he was a student, and he was in a a class taught by Rod Serling, whose archives are at Ithaca. And there's a picture he had never seen before of him being, you know, listening to Rod Serling on the back of that program. He couldn't believe it, couldn't believe it. And so I just start talking to him, like, you know, um, well, you know, your son should come to Ithaca for this, 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 and all this. And then I go, what do you do? And he goes, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm in the business. And he hands me his card, and it says Executive Producer Chicago Hope. So I'm like, oh, my God, I should I should have been asking you for a job this whole time. Uh, uh, I really, you know, the whole, you know, facade just crumbled. And he's like, give me a call. Come in. We'll talk. So I set up a meeting to go interview with him. and, And, you know, at 20th Century Fox. Okay, so I'd never been to 20th Century Fox. Get in my car, drive to Fox. I don't know traffic that well in L.A. yet. I'm already late by the time I get to the security guard. Security guard goes through the motions, looks at my ID, takes forever. I said, I need to get to building 80. And he starts to give me a map and highlight and all this stuff is taking forever. And then I just bolt through after he opens the gate and I'm trying to find building 80. I can't find it. I'm I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm not going to get my job. This is crazy. It's going to kill me. And then I, I finally think I found building 80 and I pull into a parking spot. I don't even think I shut the car off. I don't even think I closed my door. I run out. And, I, and there are like five different doors, and I just go to the closest door and I start knocking on it. It's a screen door. I don't realize at the time there's a uh, a plaque on it that says not an entrance, by the way. So I'm knocking on this screen door and and this man in glasses uh, says, hey, can I help you? And I go, yes, I'm so sorry. My name is Brian Herzinger. I'm trying to find Bill Delia. Uh, I, I, I'm late. Uh, is, is this building 80? Is this building 80? And he smiles at me. And, and he goes, yeah, sure. You want to see Bill Delia, Mr. Yeah, come on. I'll take you up to his office. I'm like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. So he walks me through the building. I get up you know, into his office. And, and oh, my God, it's huge. And his assistant, Christine, is sitting at the desk. And the, the guy in glasses says, don't worry about it, Christine. This young man's here to see Mr. Delia. I'm going to take him in myself. And she's like, OK. So he walks me in, introduces me as Brian, and tells Bill that he was you know, late for a meeting with Mr. Delia. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, Mr. Dilley. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. You know, I, I, I'm never late to anything. I apologize. He's like, no, no problem, no problem, no problem. Just sit down, relax. I'm like, sit down and calm down. And he's so nice to me. And we're talking about all the baseball memorabilia he has in his office. He's like, you know, I got these season, these season tickets for the Dodgers. That's the whole reason why I make shows is because I love baseball and I could afford the tickets. I'm like, that's great. And he goes, come here, let me go. Let's go outside, look on the balcony. We go on the balcony and I'm l- overlooking the entire 20th Century Fox lot so nice like breathe that in breathe that in that's like the air of success right that's what you want i'm like yeah yeah one day that'll be great he goes you could have a novice like this one day by the way look down and i look down and there's a little garden you know two floors down and and uh he goes you see that i go yeah i see uh, yeah it's beautiful he goes no below that below the flowers i'm like uh he goes the ground the ground you should jump to your freaking death because you show up to a meeting 20 minutes late you don't know the name of the guy you're gonna meet. It's Dalia, not Delia. What is wrong with you? You're never going to get anywhere in this business. And the vein is popping out of his head. He's yelling at me so much. He's like, you should jump. Jump to your effing death right now. This is it. Your career is done. Jump right now. And I was like, oh my God, I think I should jump. I don't know what to do. And then he started laughing. And then he hired me the next day. Uh, and, and it was the guy who brought me into his office was his producing partner, John Tinker, who is Hollywood uh, royalty. Yeah. His father, Grant Tinker, you know, was responsible for the Mary Tyler Moore show. Mary Tyler Moore show. He was married to Mary Tyler Moore. John and his brother, Mark Tinker, did NYPD Blue, Chicago, Hope. you know, all these different shows. (laughs) And and so they were screwing with me from day one, but I thought my career was done. Uh, And anyway so uh so yeah he oh hired me the next day and he became one of the like my mentor he, he he's family and um one of the biggest influences for me in my career
0: oh my god okay that it's that's he's that's, in that takes he's a kid. my with <laughs> he is he, he is and you know when i first saw the movie i thought that can't be Crystal Lee, his father so i had to yeah. look it up and i'm like oh my yeah.
1: god <laughs> oh yeah I've, know, I've known chris since he was 17 um but but yeah, and, and and I think you know th- that is a is one of those moments where, you know, especially being new to the business, you just want to put your best foot forward every way possible. And I just wow, I blew it. And, but thank God he he hired me. Yeah, he hired me as a PA on a pilot he was directing that oh, he and really? John Tinker were was doing simultaneously to Chicago Hope. It was called The Game, and it starred Luke Perry, and. My first job was a PA on that show and having that experience with Luke was one of the best I ever, had. he was one of the kindest, nicest, most generous people I ever met. He was absolutely insanely awesome. So, uh, and that went right into Chicago Hope for me and the rest, you know.
0: Wow. Well, that, okay. That, that story for anyone listening, remember that when you're trying to get into the business, Uh, I've had the experience. I'm sure everyone else has, if you haven't yet be prepared. It's coming because <laughs> yeah. it'll happen. And, uh, Brian, thank you so much for coming on, man. Honestly, there's just, uh, there, there's one more thing we do. Um, it's an awkward goodbye, but before I do that, uh, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe to anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you are on social media, please follow us at pwrp.pod at gmail.com. That's incorrect. Cause this isn't normally my bit. Um, follow us at pwrp podcast <laughs> <Wait, sorry. laughs> again where I'm not
1: laughing. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: Yeah. That's right <laughs> Um, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe uh anywhere you listen to your podcast. And if you are on social media, please give us a follow at PWRP Podcast. And if you'd like to be on the show, please email us at pwrp.pod.gmail.com. And if you rate us and tell us where you rated us, send us an email. We will send you an awesome sticker, just like Mr. Brian here is going to get a sticker as well uh, for participating. Thank you so much for being in this, Brian. Uh, if you are ready. We're going to go for an awkward goodbye to end the show.
1: Uh, oh, wow. Okay, what a buildup. I'm ready. <laughs>
0: We're going to do the Wayne's World to Countdown.
1: <laughs> Bye. <laughs>